Futurecast. On this episode of MTP, we air our grievances on Odell Beckham Jr. where he may end up, fake Twitter sources, and please God, don't let Ben Simmons come to the Boston Celtics. This is Missing the Point, episode 95. But I guess I'll host the show too. Nice. Mike's in the Bahamas. Dave's Mike working 100 hours a week. Bob just had a baby. Joe's doing his mm-hmm. own thing. So it's you okay, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, and speaking of that, welcome in, everybody, to MTP. You don't normally hear me at this point. You know, well, that's not true. They normally hear me immediately when they start listening to the show. But now it's me actually here on the show. I'm here for HM Buchanan. Ray Sean, your third episode in a row. Welcome back. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Wait, it went from doing the rotation to now you can't get me out the rotation, baby. It's like it's like I'm the sixth man that got high. You can't get rid of me now. <laughs> I love it. It's missing your show at this point. So, I'll, so what I'll do after all this is done is I'll send you all the payment information that for all the do that for all the bills that are coming due at the end of the week, and uh, you can start doing all that. You can edit the show too after Woo! that as well. So that's going to be good. But yeah, uh, really, uh, all the other guys are busy this week. So it's just me and Ray, but that's not bad. We're going to have a good show. Good hour show uh, with, uh, we got the Patriots. We got a lot of, you know what? I just want to get, I just want to get right to it. But before I do, Ray, Sean, I do have a question for you. Yes, sir. What is your favorite holiday around the year? Oh, it's, it's definitely Thanksgiving. I do like Thanksgiving too. For me, considering we're from New England, my favorite holiday, and maybe not a holiday, maybe just an occasion or something like that, is whenever a star player becomes a free agent and then we get to post out those Bill Belichick gifts and that guy at Logan Airport gifts. Those are my favorite time of year because we're just able to speculate on basically whoever wants to come in and, you know, you know, every, you know, that same guy with dreadlocks at the Hertz, at the uh, Hertz checkout, just checking out and uh, getting ready because you know that's Asante Samuel this time and then it's Odell Beckham and then it's you know Brandon Cooks or whoever but uh, I'm a little worried about doing this show Ray Sean because we are officially on the Odell Beckham watch and it is just really heating up I I didn't think uh, the report came out earlier today that of course Odell Beckham released from the Cleveland Browns officially they reworked his contract so he wouldn't get claimed so he officially made it through waivers He's officially free agent, and they said they're probably going to wait a day or two until they actually see who uh, who he signs with. Because really, I was he traded from the Giants to Cleveland, or was that a free agent signing? I don't remember. No, he he was no 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 one will goes to to Cleveland. No, he he uh he, <laughs> uh sorry I, that, that that that's just what it is. So sorry sorry Miz, if you ever come on the show. Once again, you can say the A-lister now. You're, you're in Hollywood. You're in Florida. Why do you, not even you uh, stayed in Ohio. But no, no, he got traded there. You know, obviously the relationship went sour there in New York. So that they chose to, to part ways with him via trade. So this is, his, that, you know, yeah, so this is his first time ever actually being a free agent. So I would yeah. think that he would actually want to take a couple of days. But things are heating up right now. You listen to all the reports that you heard earlier. It looks like it's come down to maybe four teams, and it seems like it's heading in one direction right now. We'll get to that in just a second. It sounds like, you know, Odell's narrowed it down to, obviously, the Patriots, maybe the Saints, maybe the Seahawks, 
maybe the Packers. All would be excellent landing spots to him. Maybe not the Saints. I don't think that's a great landing spot for him. But things are heading. I hate that this always happens, but I love as a Patriots fan. It seems once again that it's heading in a direction that Odell Beckham, maybe by the time we're done with the show, maybe while we're recording the show, is going to be a New England Patriot. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, listen, I, I am on the bandwagon. And listen, I, I understand that he may not be the guy that he was in New York. And people are like, oh, well, you know, he's become a cancer in the locker room. He had issues with Eli and issues with Baker. You know, yes. Is, is he going to come in and be Brady Muscles? No, we don't, we don't need him to be honest. We don't. We, just, we, need, we need another productive body at that wide receiver uh, spot. And listen, Borders played great. You know, Aguilar got some moments. But, you know, right now this office is based around tight ends. You need a dynamic uh, option on, on at the wide receiver position. And yes, has he become super famous from that one catch he made in Sunday Night Football? Yes, we get that. Have we been chasing that moment for him as Odell fan assistant? Absolutely. However, this Patriot team needs him. Uh, but if we're, if we're being objective uh, and not subjective, another team that I think that he would be great on really is Green Bay. And I know DK does not want to hear that because obviously he is in, he's a fan of the team in the same division as that. But I mean, to think of what it could be with Devontae Adams and uh, Odell being really the number two and you, know, you push the Zard down and Velda Scantling down uh, to the third or fourth position uh, on the depth chart would be just phenomenal, honestly. And so I just think that would be super scary. You know, Aaron Rodgers, we know his talent, you know, but with that warrants in a regular season, he has to get better in the playoffs, obviously. But yeah, that, that would be super scary to see that offense come together. But yeah, I mean, so, you know, we talked about earlier, you know, a uh, few pundits are like Evan Lazar, Jeff Howe, you know, we're waiting on the Ian Rappaport. Ian Rappaport's the guy. We're waiting on Ian Rappaport to drop that, uh, to, to name drop that Odell is signing uh, with the pitchers. But yeah, it seems like, you know, that, People have reached out to him. You know, Patriots manager has reached out. I think Odell is really, I think Odell is in that Chad Ocho single category. Um, oh, no. what, what, I, what I mean is he's someone that's loaded by Bill. Sure. And that's what I mean. So, you know, obviously we don't want the productivity that <laughs> Ocho single has. He's literally had like three or four catches maybe. That we that, yeah. Remember. yeah, if that, right? So, you know, we we, we, def- we definitely don't want that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like I said, I think if he still has that respect for Bill, still wants to play here, uh, still wants that discipline, so to speak, then maybe he says, you know what? You know, this team still has enough here. Uh, let me see about what I can do. I I just hope that he doesn't go to somewhere like the Rams or down to Tampa or, you know, maybe who knows, maybe even Vegas a little team that makes sense. I know a Chiefs fan that wants to get him, obviously. You know, which that that would, that would be insane too, honestly, you know, to play alongside Tyreek and, and, and Kelsey. So, yeah, I was, there's the best ways he can go. I'm excited. With, like I said, we're on our Odell watch, but you know, until then, we patiently wait. You know, we constantly check our phones for tweets and, you know, uh, group chats to, to go crazy when, whenever that news breaks. But, you know, uh, we're, we're going to keep it at home for right now and get into the Patriots. So, you know, they well, you know, well, before, you know, before we get into that, what kind of player do you think Odell is at this point? I mean, he's just coming off, what, two straight soldier surgeries, just coming off the ACL, everything like that. You know, obviously he was prolific when he was on the Giants. He he had a pretty good start when he came to uh, the Browns, but since then he's just not been. You know, he when he came in was the prototypical X wide receiver. He was a he was a take the top off the defense and just huck the ball downstairs and hopefully he go gets it. Now it seems like he's kind of regressed into like a slot receiver role, and that's not a dig on him. He can be very productive as a slot receiver. Julian Edelman did it for years. 
uh, Wes Walker before him, Dion Branch, blah, 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 blah. Million examples, uh, Marvin Harrison too. What kind of player do you, do you, do you think he can still play? Yeah, I, I, I think he can. Like I say he's not going to be what he was in New York, but I think what his first or second year in Cleveland, he had, you know, he still had 70 receptions or over a thousand yards. Like if he does that here, like we'll, we'll take that at this moment in his career. Like, you know, he's, he's going to be, I think he just turned 29. So it's not like he's ancient history. And, you know, remember, when Randy Moss got hit in 07, Randy Moss was coming up a subpar year at Oakland, you know? And people thought he was done there. And I mean, granted, the injury history wasn't the same, but, you know, he basically felt like he, he, he had quit on Minnesota. And, you know, maybe some fans feel like Odell Beckham had quit on Cleveland. But, you know, I just think there's still a lot left in, in the tank. To that. That's the second wrestling reference we used in the first 10 minutes. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just think he can still play. And I'm, I'm excited to see... Wherever he goes, but I said, hopefully he's wearing number 13 uh, for the red, blue, and white uh, in the near future. I just wonder, I, I think when this all gets settled, though, the tea leaves are just pointing so, so, so much towards Foxborough. And just, it wouldn't surprise me if I see him end up in somewhere like Seattle or something like that. To me, I think Seattle's his best landing spot. But the tea leaves, everything I'm reading just says, you know, and the latest report I just saw right now says that he's probably going to sleep on it. And we'll probably have something by the end of the week. I doubt he plays this week, no matter where he ends up. But it seems like it's going to be the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, even even when they got Antonio Brown a couple years ago, right? Like, you know, uh, the Raiders released him, and you know, they literally the got him like the next day or two. And obviously, I mean, I thought I was like, oh my god, like who's going to have like ten for one fifty? Can they actually? They was playing Pittsburgh like the next week. So it, I thought that was going to happen, but it, it didn't work out that way. So who knows? Maybe, you know, that's not shot of redemption. So he played in Miami. He played that Miami game. I remember that Miami game. He played great. Yeah, in that, that, that was it. That's all and you then, played. And then, that, then the report came out on Monday or Tuesday, and he was gone by Wednesday. And then he was just kind of gone till Brady, you know, Brady grew his wings and flew down to Tampa. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, it's in his words, but hopefully. I think he come down and be productive, but you know, there are still a lot of great things happening with the picture. So we'll get into that right now. So uh coming off their third straight win, they are now they've now approved to five and four. You know, so just as things are currently constructed, uh Craig, what do you, what are your thoughts about the current state of the Patriots on well, you know, this Sunday's win excites you? The, the Patriots right now are pretty much exactly where I thought they would be coming into the season. There was a p- period of time, a stretch of time. A very long stretch of time because that's how time works. Uh, that where I thought that this Patriots team just was not going to be very good because starting at the beginning of the season, the just the offense never clicked. They weren't able to put points on the board. They had some very close wins. You know, Joe said about multiple times the team should have been four and one at the time. They were, I don't know, one and three at the time. But now they're what? Uh, they're at five hundred. A game over. Uh, this is a playoff team right now. I'm not saying they're a good playoff team, but they're a playoff team right now, and. This team basically looks, until, you know, the concussions happen to a couple of running backs, basically the exact same team I thought they were going to be in. I didn't think that Mac Jones was going to come in and light the world on fire. That being said, he's definitely been the most effective, he's definitely been the most effective uh, rookie quarterback coming into the, uh, the, at this point in the season. Justin Fields had an incredible fourth quarter on Monday Night Football. Uh, but besides that, uh, as far as rookie quarterbacks go, been Mac Jones, and that's been everybody else. He hasn't been the most effective rookie. Of course, that's been Jamar Chase for the Bengals. But this is—I I didn't expect Mac Jones to come in and light the world on fire. He hasn't done that, and that's not a bad thing. 
this has been a very decent Patriots team. I did not expect them to win the uh, contempt for the Super Bowl this year, or even, or even make the playoffs. Uh, or maybe because they had a week schedule, we all said they would be like eleven and six at some point. But this isn't a bad team. They're very weak at the wide receiver position, and their tight ends have not lived up to the reputation. But their defense is far, by far, kept them in this game. And also, they're top 10 in both offense and defense. This is a good football team. And the AFC, in, in perpetuity, not a great league. Not a great conference. So the Patriots are going to be in this. So I think Week 17, they're coming to the playoffs. Right now, they're, right now, they're in the playoffs as the season ended today. Yeah, and I mean, listen, they, they basically control their destiny. And yes, you know, to your point, yes, Mac Jones has definitely been the best rookie quarterback by far. Like, it's, it's not close. And if it wasn't for what some other guys are doing in different teams, he would easily win offensive uh, rookie of the year. That's just not that's just not debatable. But, shoot, there are some other guys that, that are performing well. So, But that's fine. I think, you know, Max seems to be a guy that I'd rather get to the playoffs and just see uh, what happens as opposed to getting those individual awards. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, they're 5-4, but it's like, you know, they are a game – uh, there are a couple of plays from the three or even even seven to two, right? But they should have been like I said, when you spend the money they spend in the offseason, you're not spending that money to be, you know, a team that's kind of hovering around five hundred and then maybe finish nine and eight, like, you know, barring injury, right? Because that's the only way that, to me that that's happening. But for them to be top ten in offensive defense, like, yeah, you, you should be winning some games because now, you know, you're letting Matt Jones, you know, run the office more. You know, you're getting you're getting Harris and Stevenson. Uh, involved more, which is awesome. You know, that's something that me and Joe talked about on the previous show. You, you, ha- you have to get your skill players involved. And, you know, so the next step, yeah, getting Smith involved more, getting Henry involved more. You know, even your guy, Craig, the kill here. Like, to me, you know, we, we joke about it. We joke about a call, you know, Jesse, Josh. But it's like, to me, that's one that's one play that the carrier could run probably to perfection, right? Because he is so big and so strong and would to me would get seven, eight yards every time he ran that. So, you know, it just makes you think as to why they haven't put that wrinkle in the offense with, with, with him. But, you know, but just to, to their success so far, I hope that this is not the peak of it. I hope that they continue to roll. You know, we'll talk about their chances against Cleveland later on in the show. But, you know, kind of just want to focus on Mac Jones. We've st- we been speaking about him. But, you know, are you okay with him being... When he's been the last few weeks, he's just more of a game manager, or do you want him to get back to the status he was between weeks one to five? Uh, I think he's working with the talent he has around him right now. I don't necessarily feel like, and I've expressed this multiple times, I don't feel like the wide receiver group that he has in front of him right now is necessarily what they would call, oh, I don't know, good. Nelson Aguilar has been, to me, a huge disappointment. Kendrick Bourne has been fine. I'm out on Nikhil Harry at this point. Done with him. See you later. It's not happening with him. It's just not going to happen. I love him. I think he's a. I think he's going to succeed wherever he ends up. It's not on this team though. He's a. I don't know. It's just. It's not. He just can't get open. He's got the hands. He he can't get separated from wide receiver. He can't get separated from cornerbacks. It's just not happening. And then Jacoby Myers is just a fine slot receiver. He'd be a number three receiver on any other team right now, but he's the number one in this team. John U. Smith and the Hunter Henry has been fine last couple of weeks. John U. Smith, colossal disappointment to this point, and we don't even know if he's going to play this week because he injured himself again. And now Damian Harrison, Rashad Stevenson, both in the concussion protocol. So I don't know what's going to happen there. 
They had a bunch of running backs in Gillette the last couple of days and try them out. So we're going to see what's happened there. Uh, David Harris has been beat up this season. He's been beat up. He's gotten injured so many times. He's always come back, but he's been beat up so many times. And still, I think he's a top 10 rusher in the league, maybe higher than I know. Coming last week, he had like, I don't know, six, 700 yards already on the season. But Ramonde Stevenson, my man, that game he had last Sunday, what a game. That is like, it's like, I don't like to make comparisons that much, but if you had muted the TV and you would tell me, that's the Garrett Blunt, he's back. I would be like, yeah, I believe it. That looks, he ran exactly like the Garrett Blunt runs. Yep, facts. That that is yeah, that is spot on, and that that's literally what I saw. Yep, I agree. That's like a that was like a cornerstone of this offense for like five six years. Just the Garrett Blunt, you know, getting cheap touchdowns but having strong steady runs. Right, exactly, and that and so sweetie, I was actually pissed that first drive where he just basically did whatever he wanted and they gave Harris a touchdown. I'm like, no, like let him finish that shit off. Like, what are we doing? Like this man led y'all down the field. Reward him. Like he, he's the reason why I got to this point. Let him score. And like I said, I'm, I'm a Harris guy. But you know, you gotta remember this is the most that he's carried really since Alabama, right? So and even then, like they had a multitude of backs. So, you know, he's used to being in that platoon system, but because he's the guy that's being featured, I think that's some kind of that's that's what's led to those injuries. I'm not comfortable with his Brandon Bowden getting so many snaps. Now, listen, how is he turning around since I gave my proclamation that I was gonna drop him off at Logan Airport? Absolutely. He, he is, he is make me a believer. He, he has turned things around for sure, but it's still in a limited role. Like I don't want him being the guy that's getting, you know, 15, 20, 25 touches. Right. So I think we're in trouble if that's the case. So I don't know the names they've brought in so far for practice this week, but you know, I know they had, they, uh, they are home. How, oh, just Jags. Just, just, yeah. Yeah. So just other guy. Right. So I yeah. just like, so to me, you know, okay. Where's JJ Taylor? Bring let, let, let him play some more tool. That's another guy. He, that guy was supposed to be Deion Lewis 2.0. He he has Deion Lewis ran all over him. Someone that can be in the return game. Someone that can, you know, be that Darius Froze light type guy. Like you, you have to, he, he, you have to get him in space and see what he can do. We had that opportunity to do so. So you know, Bill, let let it happen, right? You know, get those Cleveland running uh, running backs, get those Cleveland linebackers in, in space and just see and see what he does. But yeah, I mean, listen, they oh, oh, needless to say, like I said, New Orleans has been very impressive overall. Like I said we kind of touched on their opponent for Sunday coming up. You know, they faced the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know, like I said, it's week 10. You know, we have a chance to win fourth in a row. So, you know, what has to happen for you, Craig, to see what basically what how does the New Orleans win on Sunday? I think nature already took care of that this week, didn't it? Their biggest asset's gonna be pretty much on the sidelines for potentially this game. Nick Chubb is their best weapon they have at this point is their best thing going. Hunt might, I think Hunt's on the IR. So uh, it seems like everything's going the Patriots' way again, like it normally does. Unfortunately for unfortunately for the other, you know, fourteen teams in the uh, American Football Conference. But I'm going to circle back for one second. Do you mind if I do that? I know I'm breaking. Point I, I, absolutely. I want to complete the. I want to complete the triangle because we already mentioned two strong Alabama players in Mac Jones and Damian Harris. Christian Barmore is yes. a freak. Yes. He's a freak yes. athlete. And I am so happy that he slipped to the second round. You know, Greg, uh, you know, one of the uh, big reports coming out of the draft was Greg Bedard's, you know, there was something happening with Christian Barmore, so he slipped out of the first round and then the second. Happy that happened. 
whatever it was. I hope he did it, does it again. Yeah, this, I we have been looking on this New England Patriots team for years to try and find somebody to replace that. You know that disruptive Vince Wilfork kind of offense that uh, that force on the defensive line. I think they found it. I think they found it, and they have a hell of a pass. They have a hell of a pass rush on this team between Clinton Barmore and Matt Judon, and now Jamie Collins is back again, disrupting plays, making interceptions less than a half a second after it's thrown. Oh my God! Like, it, it, oh, I, I, you know what? I, shame, shame on me. I'm glad you. I'm glad you circled back. Listen, that that pick. Oh my God! That that pick. Jam, listen, man. I, I, we clown Jamie Paul to coming back before, but he's that ex-girlfriend that just want to keep coming back. Maybe I miss you. Well, David, we miss you too, Jamie. Like, you can still play when you're old and you're in the right mindset. So, you know, we want to keep seeing you rub your belly, Jamie Clark, because that means it should make successful plays. We want to see June on doing his, uh, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't know what that dance is, but I want to see him keep doing it. Like, so. Yeah, I, I figured that's him just, I, I see that, I, I feel that's him just looking the blood off his arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, red, uh, what Donovan Mitchell say? The guy in the red, uh, with, with the red sleeves, but <laughs> that, that's the guy. But yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, Barmore has been a godsend. You know, it's just like, you know, Dave Hick, defensively, I know last couple years, you know, to get, you know, Ducker's been really good. You know, she's had some moments. We shit on Hightower for a while, but he played really good on Sunday, too. Yeah, finally, finally. So, no, it, it was, it was, it was deserving. Like, it was deserving that we got on him. And, you know, like I said we made that sound because it was true. Like, it was, he, he has not played. Well, and he looked lost in in L.A. and you know, like you know, but hopefully he uh, he left that garbage back in L.A. and he said, "Okay, I'm I'm ready to show up." So, and I'm pretty sure he got embarrassed on tape. I I know he I know because like I said once again, if Bill was going at Tom on a distant basis, you know for sure he was going to Hightower right there this week. Like, okay, so hmm, Pro Bowl, huh? Three time champ, huh? This is this is what this is what three time champs look like. So I'm I'm no I know he was pushing his buttons all week. So. I'm glad that he responded and you know get did his thing. But uh also JC Jackson. Yes, yeah. sir. Two picks. Cause I was hot when I saw a Gilmore pick. Yeah, I knew it was coming. I thought he was gonna take it to the prep. I was like, he's he's going to he's gonna he's gonna get one against Mac. He's gonna run that shit back like he did against Cincinnati a few years ago. That's what I thought was gonna happen. But thank God <laughs> and it was just I mean, damn, like I just hate that it was predetermined, right? Like Mac just looked like, okay, I'm I'm gonna throw it to Jacoby regardless. And, you know, Gilmore being the smart player that he is, having a high IQ, he was okay. I'm just going to run the route and I'm not going to get, you know, I'm not going to get deterred off this rub that they're trying to do or this natural rub that they're trying to do. I'm going to run the route with Jacoby and then, you know, at the point of attack, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to break on it. And that's exactly what he did. And, you know, it was a beautiful, uh, it was a beautiful play. But yeah, JC Jackson, I think he's now up to 22 picks in his first 50 games. And he's already 10th all time in in New England, something like that. Uh, they that was something Samuel now. So I mean, something we had more than that, but he had 22, I guess, in the world. But right. I said, wow. I was like, this, I said, this guy, uh, I mean, they, they, they may have to franchise him. Oh, they have no choice. You know, I mean, but he did out. Oh, just actually give him the money. Don't, don't have a repeat offense of what you did with Stephon Gilmore. A lot of Alabama talk today on this, on this uh, old uh, New England Patriots team, huh? Well, I mean, you know, that's, it's the pipeline, right? That, you know, this pipeline, like we would basically be drafts Alabama players like that. So John Metchie needs to be next. You, you, I'm <laughs> telling you, I mean, you, if you heard it here, I'm, I'm telling y'all, John Metchie the third, he's a wide receiver. Mac Jones had phenomenal chemistry with him. I'm telling y'all, if we have a fresh round pick, and I get it, John Metchie's probably going to be a first rounder. His talent award said, watch the tape, the brother's special. 
I listen, <laughs> Mac needs those guys that can get the yards under the catch. He's gonna catch them there, but he could yeah, Mac needs guys that can turn a five yard slant and go and, and take it to the house. Now, obviously, it's the NFL, you're not gonna do it every time, but I, I'm telling y'all, <laughs> John Fetchy the third is that guy. Um, he should be the next guy in the pipeline to come to the win. I know they got some other guys on there, you know, defensively that would play really well, but John Metchie is, is the guy that would play well, but I, it's, it's really wishful thinking. I don't think he's going to fall to us. We'll probably get that guy out of Ohio State, which is Chris, uh, Chris Olaf. So. Before we start to before we start to break down the uh, Cleveland game, which I got to be honest with you, if things continue the way they're going, Nick Chubb doesn't play, Odell's gone officially, you know, Jarvis Landry's Jarvis Landry's good, but he's not a, uh, you know, not, also, not a, uh, not a, kill, not a kill you kind of player. But I, ha- I have to make a, I have to make a special little segment because I have not seen, I've watched a lot of football in my day, Rayshon. Watched a lot of football. And I have seen some bad football in my day. <laughs> but I have not seen a player play as bad against one team as Sam Darnold did. And I'll say that with an asterisk. There are two quarterbacks that come to mind that have played so piss poor against the New England Patriots that they they just stick out in my memory. Number one is Sam Darnold. Number two is Andrew Luck. They were so bad against the Patriots. And it's just so entertaining to watch because they it's just so fun to watch your defense just destroy the psyche of a quarterback. They destroy Sam when Sam Darnold eventually is out of the league in like two years with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Here we go. We're not, we're not going down every goal tonight. <laughs> so I just want to say it. It's gonna be because of everything that the Patriots have done to him. He they destroyed him every single time they faced him in New York with the Jets, and now they did it again. In Jacks in uh in Carolina, it's just embarrassing that they've one team has destroyed this man so bad. Well, what's what's wild though? I mean, yes, yeah. Obviously, he was still seeing ghosts and Tim. Yeah, that's that's not debatable. He actually had a really good start to the season. They started off three. Right, he had a phenomenal start. People saying that that's what's wild. Like he actually had a really good start to the season. I was like, oh, okay, maybe the change of scenery. And it was working. And then now they're one in five, one in four in their last, you know, five games. So, you know, they, things change. And, you know, you know, they got some pieces there where, you know, I mean, I, I don't know McCaffrey being out hurt them, but, you know, DJ Moore's a hell of a talent. You know, Robbie Anderson, who to me is a really good receiver, but Robbie Anderson hasn't done much really all year. So, yeah, he, he hasn't been that number two that they really needed to be successful. So, yeah, I mean, they've been hit by injuries, but yeah, Sam Donald, I don't know, man. I mean, certain just have your number, right? Like, for Tom Brady, it was Denver. Den- Denver was a house of mm-hmm. horrors for Tom Brady his whole career. Regular season or postseason, like, you know, I mean, obviously he's had some good games. He's beat them before, but Denver was always a house of horrors, right? You know, same thing with, you know, Mark Sanchez, you know, we struggled. I mean, Mark Sanchez struggled against us too. Yes, they got us in the playoffs a couple of times, but for well, once, I should say. But yeah, Mark Sanchez had the worst game of his career <laughs> against us on, on, on Thanksgiving night. <laughs> Uh, albeit so that 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 was wild so but yeah no that that was that's you know uh a good thing to bring up man Santano once again I do think he can have he can still salvage some type of a career just as long as you don't see the Patriots anytime soon you know so that that to me is just it's awful that he's even he he, he just shrinks the size so much against that team I mean that 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 first pitch of JC Jackson was like bro like 
what where was you what was you even what was you thinking like and it was some next gen stat about how you know when you're that close to the end zone like no one's never through or never had no one's never not had a completion that even makes sense if that came out of my mouth directly he was 0 for 6 with two picks in that area i said wow like that's since, since they've been keeping the stack it's his 09 he's the only person that's ever completed a pass down like that or i threw it through two interceptions and one went back to the house i said wow I said that to me, it, it was almost you were gifting, gifting the wheels in the game when you called him to be the starter. They might have had a better chance had BJ Walker started. Like, that's, that's, that's just where we are. That's going to have to be this for now because, they, you know, after that game, I guess after that smacking he got from the Patriots defense, separated his shoulder, going to be out for a couple of weeks. It'll be PJ Walker for a couple of weeks. And, you know, maybe that puts Carolina back in it. I don't, I don't even think it's a shoulder, Frank. I don't. I, I, I think it's what you just alluded to, right? It's, you know, when your confidence ain't there, and clearly his conference was shaking on Sunday. They're basically giving him a reset. Like you, you, you cannot say it. You cannot say, it. yeah, you cannot say it to the public. Oh man, you know, uh, we got to give him a reset. They, they can't say that. They can't say that. I don't think it's a short one. Um, and, and granted, it's trying to make this. Listen, this is week nine. No one's completely healthy. But let's let's just be real. No one, anyone, you know, you got a little neck up knee. Your hamstring, whatever, all that. But I get that. But yeah, it was just to me, it's just a reset. He'll come back in a few weeks and, you know, they'll, they'll see what PJ Walker can get. Plus, that to me, that's really Matt Rule's guy, anyways. I know they traded for Sandra, but PJ Walker's really Matt Rule's guy. I think he had he coached him in college. Like, so he, he knows PJ Walker's game, and which is why PJ Walker is actually in the NFL is because of that, Matt Rule. So yeah, that that's that's what's going on with that, in my opinion, anyway. So, you know, what, what, what's, let's let's like let's uh, dive into this uh, game for week ten. So I said, you know, the Cleveland Browns come into town. Um, like, like we already said at the beginning of the show, the Willis one and three in a row, looking for a fourth in a row. So you know, any keys to the game, Craig, besides the running game for New England to win this on Sunday? I don't. I don't really think the Patriots need to really do anything different than they've been doing. I don't think this is a necessarily good Cleveland team. They've been good the last couple of years. I just think that you know Baker Mayfield's been too inconsistent when he's been actually on the field. I don't feel like they have the offensive weapons right now, and especially if they're done with Nick Chubb, who's going to be out next week, uh, who's going to be out potentially this week with the COVID issue. I I just don't see Cleveland being really in it, even though, you know, that those usually come back to haunt me. It's usually a close game where Cleveland wins. But uh, I just, I don't see it for Cleveland this week. And I don't think necessarily that, I don't think that New England's going to come in to Foxborough on Sunday and Cleveland's going to come in New England's going to blow them out. I don't think they have, I don't think the Patriots have that kind of offense right now, but I don't, I just don't see, I just don't see how this, I just don't see how the Browns can win. I just don't see, it. I think in terms of uh, matchups, Patriots, this is a check mark for the Patriots. Yeah. I, I mean, we want to win the game. Uh, I'll say like 27 to 20. I think that's a fair, uh, that's a fair score on, on, on either side. I just think they'll do enough to pull away in the end. Uh, both run defenses have gotten better. Uh, Cleveland's been good all year run uh, run wise, but Cleveland's gotten better with the run. So they Cleveland's gonna have to throw it. And uh, if Baker Mayfield's throwing there 45, 50 times, we got a real shot to take a couple back. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Because uh, you know, when you know more for a commercial <laughs> than you play on the field, it's a problem. Now who knows? He may feel rejuvenated now that OBJ is gone. He, he, he just might, but you know, I want to see if he reverts back to what he was last season, um, when they played really well and you know, uh, got all the way to uh, you know, the division around the playoffs. So we'll see. But either we got the Patriots winning, and like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to that matchup on Sunday. Uh, so let's I want to touch 
showing something from the Boston Celtics. It won't be a crazy long thing because I, I don't want to talk about them forever. Um, <laughs> but there, there, is, there is big news. And I'm only taking it seriously because of where it came from, right? So it just wasn't one of these parody accounts. Oh, can we do a, can we do a quick sidebar on this? Yeah. We started off the show talking with Odell Beckham Jr. Potentially coming mm-hmm. to the Patriots. Uh, it seems like now everyone and their grandmother has a source now in the NFL. Like they know, not you, not Ian Rappaport, not Jeff Howe, not Adam Schefter. You're, you, you know, uh, Johnny Jr. with seven followers on Twitter. No, oh, I have a source that's telling me, hey, uh, you know, he's already, he's not coming to Logan. Don't look for it at Logan. He's doing it at the private airport down in uh, Providence or something like that. It's just that everyone thinks this is coming. See, this is coming from a guy who has actually broken one story in his life. I, I broke the, and of course, I didn't get credit. Of course, I didn't get credit for it. The uh, LeGarrette Blunt come back to the Patriots in like 2012 or 13 or something like that years ago. I just, I, I heard it from somebody who told me something this, who told me something that. Turns out I was right. It's a little shot in the dark. I didn't really have a legitimate source for it. I had a little bit of inside information. And I just put it out there. Like, maybe he'll be back. Don't be surprised. It turns out he did. So I got lucky. But it seems like everyone's be like, no, I know. I know he's coming. It's already been decided. They're just delaying this whole thing. And the best thing about it is there's no consequences for that. Let's say that he doesn't sign with the Patriots, even though I think he's going to. Let's say he signs with the Seahawks. Well, you know, things just changed at the end of the minute. My sources were right the entire time. You can believe me. It's bullshit, dude. Yeah. Sources, trust me, bro. <laughs> no, but that 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 happened. Oh, gosh. When, uh, and this, this would be a good segue into basketball, but I, I remember Gordon Hayward came in in 2017, right? See, it just happened. It just happened. Emotional, right? Who? Emotional um, on Twitter? I, I haven't heard of him, no. Okay. He, he, he's one of these guys who's like, trust me, bro. I know. It, it's ha- yeah, that's, that's, that's trash. That's trash. All they do is read tea leaves and be like, oh, yeah. The, every arrow points to, let's just say, Odell, let's just say, for instance, Odell signs with the Patriots. Every arrow points to Odell signing with the Patriots. Like, I knew. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it's it's comedy, but uh, yeah, that's ridiculous. But no, like I was saying, I remember when Gordon Hayward was signing here in 2017, and you know these players now, especially in the NBA, wanted to do to play a tribute, and they want to write different notes. Say, oh, I was here for such such years, and you know I love the city, I love the fans, and you know how can I ever pay you? You know all that uh all that bullshit. So Chris Haynes goes to ESPN and says, you know, hey, you know Gordon Hayward put a sign a four year deal with 128 going to Boston to the Boston Celtics. So because Gordon Hayward seems and uh, people didn't break it first, they were trying to discredit Chris Hayes. Like, oh, you know, we just know what he's talking about. Blah, blah. And I'm like, no, like, he just had to have a chance to go speak to Jazz ownership and say he was going to go sign. But clearly Chris Hayes knew what he was talking about, but they tried to discredit, they tried to discredit him. It, it, it happens way, way too often in, in professional sports. And like I said, it's wild to me that, you know, Joe Smoke can get on Twitter and just act like they are in tune like that. And it's, it, it's comedy, but... You know, let, let's get into, let's get, yo, look. enough of that. Let's get to the Celtics. And we'll be as we're, we're both going to hate this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So look, so Sham Shiny, who's, you know, who's the other, he's the Wolves of, you know, uh, the, the Wolves that's not on ESPN, uh, basically, you know, put out there, put a report out there that the Celtics are looking to trade for Ben Simmons and then any deal that's including Simmons would have to bring in, uh, you know, had, had to be, uh, you know, signing around Jalen Brown. You know, we I went on a rant last week talking about how it's time to break it up. 
And, you know, we gave credit to DK. DK was a year ahead of this with us. I said, and I still stand by what I said about how I thought it was early last year, but, you know, they haven't shown anything even in this early season that makes me think uh, that they should still be together. Now Jalen Brown is hurt again. He's out for another couple of weeks. So uh, that part's crazy. But, yeah, you know, before I actually continue, I'll just give my thoughts on it. Like, when I saw that, I'm like, if he can't mentally handle Philadelphia, I don't know how he's going to handle Boston. Because this is the same guy that had a, a one point in a playoff game. I think it was in game four here in Boston during the 2018 semifinals. You, if you can't handle playing in Philadelphia when they're on your head consistently, you're, you're not going to do much here. Now, on paper, I want, and I want people, you know, just if, if you, as you listen to this and you're like, oh my God, can we say this? On paper, it makes sense to make this move. It does. It does. I, I hate to say that. You know, I, said, I, I like Jalen Brown. I, I do. But on paper, it makes sense to make this move. Ben is a better facilitator. Ben is a better defender. So for those two reasons alone, well, once again, Jalen scores better. Duh. That's not debatable. But they need a, but they need defense. They need a guy that can move the ball. And if you continue to get shooters around someone like Simmons and Tatum, they let, let Al Gore be a secondary playmaker, now, you may be looking at someone, I don't think this happens. I think Brad Stevens wants to go home to his family. You know, you know, it's, not a, week, like it's a weekly segment. Yeah. It's a weekly segment. It got super dark. It got super dark. I'm saying he wants to go into his family, you know, to his loving two kids and his wife. So I don't think he makes this move. But if he does, it's not a matter of he hates Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's the worst guy on earth. He loves Jalen Brown. They help, they, you know, they help bring Jalen Brown in. However, this team does need a shakeup, and hopefully they can attach Mark Smart on the deal, if that's the case. So, you know, Craig, what are your thoughts about that? Before I ask that, can I ask you, because I am not a basketball savant as you are, what is the issues going on with Ben Simmons in Philadelphia? I, I, I think that, you know, it was stuff going on before this playoffs, but basically the final straw was when they, it was Game 7 against Atlanta, and basically was, I mean, two feet from the basket. Two feet. Like, literally just had to lay it up, dunk it, and one. Game's probably over. Philly's going on to the conference finals, maybe even the finals, right? So he gets there, <laughs> and say you're right, he passes it. He got fouled when he passed it. And they're like, what are you doing? Like, all you got to do is score. The game's over. Like, you, we, we're, we're going to win. He misses the free throws. <laughs> and then the letter ends up winning the game and goes on to... The Compass Final. So, and then Doc Rivers did help with after the game. Doc Rivers comes, like, you know, I just basically, I, I, I don't know what's wrong with him type thing. Like, he just, he, he just basically threw him under the bus. You know, you know how Joel Embiid is. Joel Embiid, no, no punches. So, Joel Embiid went at his rack. And now they're kind of, they're trying to save face now. But yeah, I just think it's a lot of stuff that's going on. And like, I don't, I, I think it goes back from the Brett Brown days too, where, you know, they just wasn't listening to Brett Brown days. To Brett Brown out, Kyle Hal Tatum and Brown ended up tuning out Brad Stevens. And I think it's a multiple days. Like I'm not locked into Philly like that. I know some people that are fans of that of that team, but I haven't heard too much from them as to what the uh what the issue was. But I I just think that he's been sold as with Carl over his his whole life. So when you have someone that's trying to hold him accountable to be a better player, that's why I think it's gone on. And that's why I think the issues have have went uh it went south to Philly. It just seems like to me that ba- based on everything that's come out that I've heard of the last, oh God, how long has the process been? Since 2016, 17, something like that? Yeah, it seems yeah, like everybody that, yeah. that's that's come out of the process has been just ended up being soft as dog shit. 
whether it's Markel Fultz or Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid or the guy that ended up going to Brooklyn or New York and the Knicks or something like that. It just seems like every player that they brought in during the process to make Philadelphia to make the Philadelphia 76ers the next team in basketball ends up being this, you know, weak ass bitches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pr- 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 pretty much. But what, what's wild. So actually it even goes back further than the 20s. So, cause then B was drafted in 2014, right? Okay. So the pro- also it's even longer than that. Right, right. Even worse. So, so you, so, but, but I, I listen at, at the, and once again, hindsight, as we all know, was always 2020 at the time these moves were made. So in three years time, they drafted Embiid, Jalil Ogilvy from Duke, then Ben Simmons. On paper, you're like, "Hey, we're back." Can you get you draft those three guys? You should be on your way. Even if they don't stay there, you want to use them as a piece to get some other stars there. Fine, you're on your way. Then the next year, they flee, they put and I put in quotations. They say they fleece Boston by getting the number one pick and trade for the third, and you get Fultz. Fultz was a problem coming out of Washington. I wanted Markel Fultz to come to Boston badly. I was like, yo, to him to back up IT at the time, I didn't think they were going to trade IT. I want him to back up IT, and then if IT gets a little older and you want to move from all, move over him, you got Fultz, Tatum, Brown, whatever for the future. This is great. They worked out that way. Then they had the number eight pick the next year. But like I said, that pick went to Brooklyn, and that pick turned out to be really good. Actually, the pick became Dolan Sexton. He's now getting 20 points, 8 assists in Cleveland, and they have it on Apple down and fell it. It's like, what is going on? You had a guy that was going to get you 20 points, 8 assists, 3 rebounds. You had him every night, every night. Now he's in there doing it for Cleveland, and now y'all don't know who y'all point guard is because he's taking a mental health break. Like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's like, and I, and I shouldn't laugh, but, it's, but it's, it's, un, it's, it's, it's unbelievable how... They've had a lot of great chapters. They have. It, 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 that's not debatable. Oh, well, once again, on paper. Oh, but it's amazing. Like, I mean, Matisse Thibault is a problem. And he stole, they, they, stole, they stole him from us. Like, we basically traded Carson Edwards for him. And I, I, to this day, I mean, granted, we, want, we all wanted Carson Edwards here. I thought he was going to be lights out off the, off the bench. But Thibault is everything this team needed and more. And they basically gave away for free. But yeah, I, I don't know. Doc Rivers is old school. He's not going to cater. Like how some of these new age coaches are gonna be like, you know, it's okay, like you know, you know where to support. Doc was like, "Fuck that, I'm trying to win games." Uh, and matter of fact, they they're up, up on Milwaukee right now in the third quarter. Like they've been the Bulls, they've been, you know, they've had a really good year so far. Uh, being in Philadelphia, so they're gonna play hard with or without Ben Simmons. So, but needless to say, and we'll we'll wrap it on this and go into to the Red Sox. But I do think that deal ends up happening. I just, really, I do, I do because. With Jalen Brown, I, be, I yeah because I to me I think they they had to sit there and assess like okay does can this team currently constructed get us to the promised land? They've gone to the conference finals. They've made you know made pre, uh, previous runs, but it hasn't happened. And I told someone uh, you know yesterday that was I was speaking to. I said, remember what Danny Hayes got in two thousand three? Paul had made a few All Star teams by then. Antoine Walker made a few all-star teams. They were they were supposed to be the next guys, right? And they lose to the Nets in uh in 02 when the conference finals. Then I think Detroit or no, they lost to New Jersey again next year in the second round. They lost to New Jersey in 03 again. Because New Jersey ended up going to the finals and lost to, to San Antonio 6. But Danny H comes in, 
that summer, basically says, hey, you know, you know, we're training Utah Walker to the Dallas Mavericks. And Flyout said, this team, as fairly constructed, has gone as far as it can go. So I wonder if history is repeating itself with, you know, with Brad Stevens. And maybe he's saying, hey, you know, Danny broke up two all-stars and then those guys end up winning rings on their own. Maybe we can do the same thing here. Yes, in theory, of course, if you can just only give up Smart, Neesmith, Lankford, Richardson, and like somebody, of, duh, of course. Because, listen, Simmons, Brown, and Tatum, what? Yes, yes. Listen, injecting into my veins, they probably go to the final. Duh, that's, that's not hard to, to, to fathom, but Darren Morey would get a pitch for get pitch for it down to Philly. Yeah, that's probably not appropriate to say, so you can exit out if you need that. But he, he, he would get chased out. Sorry, PC one. He would get chased out of Philly. <laughs> you know, he would get chased out of all the Broad Street, which is that one of the main streets down there. He would get chased out of Broad Street, <laughs> out of Geno's, out of Pats, <laughs> out of the Statue Center down there. Without, it's not the Statue Center no more, but whatever it's called now, or Colby Center, whatever it's called. Um, that's how we're starting start to get old. <laughs> um, he would get chased out of there if he changed Ben Simmons or just Marcus Smart. No, no way. No way. So, if Darren Moore does that, I mean, that'd be great. That'd be one of the biggest consists of all time. But I'll take it. The Marcus Smart got to go. So he, he, he's got to go immediately. I don't think it's not unprecedented in the NBA that you have this team of collective superstars. I'm not going to say superstars, but you have a team of stars or very good players. Then you break them apart and the team suddenly gets better. Because there, there is a lot of talent on this Boston Celtics team. I just think that they're so young and together that, that if they're, I don't know. I just never felt, I, I just never felt that Jalen Brown, Jason Tam connection. Like I should have, that's just me. No, it's, it's not just you. And I think people are starting to realize it more and more, which is why people are, the frustration is growing by the second. And it's not just with them too. Like I said, the frustration is through the roof. And then some with Marcus Smart, like fans are just fucking done. Like they're, they're done. Like my, my good friend, and you, you might know what you want to do. Leo Star, Leo Star cannot fucking stand Marcus Smart. Like, if he just slashed Marcus Smart's tires on the way to the game, you would. Like, he, like, he, he, he takes Marcus Smart as the worst fucking basketball player of, like, all time. Like, that's how, you know, Dan, once again, just from my IQ standpoint, I'm not saying we're just off the, off the court. It's on the court. His IQ is just not where he thinks it should be. And, you know, once again, when, he, when you're not winning, that stuff gets, that gets highlighted. And, you know, so, you know, Marcus wanted to get better. It's, it's a shame that a 35-year-old is your best player right now. Al Horford's been phenomenal. You ask me, that's a 25-year-old Al, Al Horford back. Well, yeah, pr- pretty much, you know. So, which I, I knew he'd come back and play because I'm just like, he's just, he's just stable. He's, he's a stabilizing force. Like, and it's funny, for a guy that's quiet, he was built to play here. He was just built to play here. I just, I think, to me, I hope he finishes his career. I do. I, I think that he's someone. I think he loves it here. Yeah, he does. He does. He does. Family loves him here, clearly. His his sister has said as much. Anna said as much. I don't think there's any reason why he want to leave. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like he shouldn't be that best player right now. So once again, I'm glad he's back. He's been balling. But you know, let's you know. But just don't miss a bright spot. Rob Williams has looked great. You know, Grant Williams had a nice start to the season. So you know, there are some things that are still you know wonderful to talk about with the team. But just you know, that that Bulls game broke me, man. I wrote, I said it to you on the channel. It, it, I just you can't lose that type of game. But but even now with the Dallas game, right? Because we haven't been on sustained. You you foul Luka Doncic, but you had a chance to get the ball back, and then he comes back and gets a three to win the game. It's just like you know that's why stuff like that's why people are done with Marcus Smart, right? 
and you know, you still have people that openly defend him, and I get it because you know, I, I'll see what you think about this next statement I'm about to make. You know, Marcus Smart should have been not Dustin Pedroia, and what I mean by that, you know, that dirt dog mentality, right? The you know, the guy that's quote unquote underdog, the guy you don't think is gonna do. Remember, Marcus. Yeah, because when Marcus, when Marcus Smart got here, it was kind of like, oh, you know, he's replacing, you know, this guy. And, you know, is, is he going to do this? Is he going to do that? And the shooting numbers wasn't great, just like how, you know, I was here at 160. And then what happened after that? Laser show, right? <laughs> like, he, he, he had a rocky start. Then he, then he caught five. And obviously, you know, his second year, he wins uh, MVP, meaning, uh, you know, Dustin Rejoya. But, you know, they both have rocket starts in their career. But just always that hustle, that grit, that grind, like, they were very similar in how they played uh, essentially, which basically ended his career shortly, meaning uh, Pedroia, because of how hard he played on a regular basis. And I still won't forgive Manny Machado uh, for that bullshit. But that's a whole other uh, podcast another day. But yeah, I don't know. But like I said, this team has a lot to work on. I know even you don't ever going to vote for captains. It's like, bro, finding a fucking captain. Like, I don't care if it's Captain Phillips for this moment. Like, you, that's not the least your concern, bro. Like, I, I need a lot more to worry about who the fucking captain is. That, that has nothing to do with not playing defense when it matters, not passing the ball. Like, just so there's so many other things that need to get better with this team that has nothing to do with captains and who's leading here. And, oh, so-and-so like this team. And so-and-so, who cares, man? Just, just win some fucking games. And like I said, I'm now an employee at TD Garden, so now I get to see this bullshit up close. Yeah, so I, I, get, I get to see this bullshit up close, and I'm just like, I'm not happy about that at all. I'll be there. I said, we're recording some on Tuesday night, so I'll be there. Actually, I'll be there for the rest of the week, but it's just like, oh my God, I get to see this massacre on a regular basis. And I'm, I'm not happy about that, but you know, the checks look nice. <laughs> so when you compare Marcus Smart to like Dustin Pedroia or something like that, I love you, but I couldn't disagree with you more. Marcus Smart, I mean, Dustin Pedroia is one of the, one of those guys that just wanted to be out there no matter what, who was competing at an MVP level at all times. I mean, just, yeah, dirt dog, stuff like that. I never see any of that from Marcus Smart, man. He's well. I mean, some, some. I mean, someone that plays hard is what I mean. Not, not necessarily. Nothing. Not, not, a, not a direct comparison, but someone that. Yeah, no. He was He listen. He he wants it because I feel like Pedro always always wanted. Marcus Smart wants this so badly, but he wants it so badly that he can't see the forest from the trees. It's like, bro, you got to know how to remove yourself from a situation and let other guys. Dominate. No, understand your role. Know your role. <laughs> and and what, wait, literally, know your role workers and shut your mouth. What, literally. Because you talking to the media about what Taylor Brown ain't doing? No, sir. Because what's again? They're not following somebody with a chance to win the game. They're not doing that. What's it? You got, you have to use your hands. So know your role, Marcus. Know, know it. Know it. And, and, and just keep your mouth closed, bro. Whatever you want to address in, in a locker room, cool. Do that. You want to be that guy that you want to be the Malcolm Brooks in the locker room? Cool, brother. Like, do, do that shit in there. Cool. But don't, don't come out to the podium like you Draymond Brady. That's basically how he's acting. He did he's Draymond. You're not there, bro. And we won, we wouldn't bitch about Marcus. But because we haven't won, that's why we go ham on him. Because if he won all oh, he, he we we really get like Draymond Green. Because he does everything Draymond Green does just to a lesser version. But if we won with him, we, we would have complained about the half the stuff he does. We won, but then I, that's just how I see it. But like I said, that's enough on uh, on the Southwest man. Like I said before, I get even. I, I get the let's close this out with some Red Sox talk. So my my guy, my favorite Red Sox player currently, uh, JD Jeff Stingers Martinez. You know, opting for his final year with five year, one hundred ten million dollar deal that he signed back in twenty eighteen. So you know, is it? Do you think this is his final season in the Red Sox uniform? 
I thought it was going to be last season. I did not think he would pick up his option for last year. I felt like based on everything that we saw from him uh, last year, this would be the season that because when they when Scott Boris built his contract for the Red Sox, he built it as a five-year deal, but the last three years were option deals. So the last three years, he's had options to opt out of his deal. So he, uh, he didn't do it the first time. He wasn't going to do it the last time because he sucked last year during the COVID year. And this year, he had a phenomenal year. He had a great year. He had 50 doubles. He had 28 home runs. He hit about 300 or over that. I thought, yeah, he's going to opt out. He can get more than $18 million on the market. But no, he's going to be back. He'll be your designated hitter once again. That's a good thing. The Red Sox would have really liked to have him opt out because they really would have liked to have had that cap space. But that's nitpicking. Uh but I'm happy he's back. He's a good offensive player. He's, he's not that great in the field, as we've seen in his five seasons here. But he doesn't need to be. As long as he just needs to supply an offense for this team, and he's going to keep doing that next year. So I'm happy he's back. So 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 what about Kyle for Waltham then? Like, do, 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 does he need to come back? Um, or are we entrusting our, our first base ship over to Bobby Dalbeck or to your guy, Tristan Castles, down in the, in the minor leagues? See, this is where I'm happy I'm not in Heim Bloom's shoes right now because first base for me is a real quagmire. Do I want Kyle Schwarber back? I thought he was really good. I thought he was a really good Red Sox. I thought he was having a career, career year with Washington. And he would I welcome him back? Absolutely. But I have a lot of questions not just about first base with the Red Sox, but about the infield. Because I don't know what's happening. They need to find somebody to play second base full-time. That was supposed to be Kike Fernandez. He's now a full-time center fielder. He said so on Instagram. Uh, they don't have a second baseman. There's a lot of rumors right now that they might go for Carlos Correa. And they don't know what and they don't know where Rafael Devers is going to end up either. Raphael Devers still a Roman bite. He's only 24 years old. He's still going to grow. So there's a lot of rumors that he may end up at first base. And first of all, Heim Bloom needs to do whatever he can do this offseason to try and lock Devers up. Because you cannot let him get to free agency in two to three years. You cannot let that happen. But this infect, this infield right now is really in flux with the Red Sox. And I don't know who's going to be their first base in this uh, the, uh, next offseason. Bobby Dahlback did not have an exceptional year at first base. By any means, but he hit 20 something home runs. He barreled the ball a lot, and that's very valuable. But then you have Tristan Cassis, too, is probably going to hit 40, 45 home runs in major league ballparks this, uh, when he finally gets up. So, and then you add in that Kyle Schwarber as well. He has one position at this point because the outfield is taken. It's going to be, it's going to be Verdugo, Hernandez, and Renfro again next year. Also, also, you, th- you think Renfro comes back then? I know he only signed a one-year deal. No, no, he still has arbitration years left. Got you. Okay, people, that's like people are stunned when I tell them that. They're like, "Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'm, I, I know, I know he's been he's been around for a while." So I'm like, I don't remember his. Yeah. So we, had, you know, they picked him up last year. He's still got an arbitration year, so he'll get a raise this year, but he won't be. He's he'll be right back in the, he'll be right back in uh, right field for the Red Sox next season. Huh. Okay. Right now, the biggest problem right now looking to is the right side of the infield. It's just that it's not really a problem. It's who's going to play there. Because right now, it's Bobby Dahlbeck. So do I want Kyle Schwarber back? Yes. Do I think he's going to be back? No. I just don't think he fits in the plans right now. Yeah, but I don't know. To me, he like he was such a, like, this wasn't a 
Doug McCabe's type thing. Like, you saw him play and was like, this guy is Boston. He, 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 this guy, he, he, he just fits. He fits here. He fit like a glove like Millar did. He fit like he, he, just, he fit like Damon did. Like, you could just tell. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the crowd took to him right. So I think you just do what you can. And I'm sorry, Kiki. That's what she was signing for, bro. Like, I understand he had a really good season in center field. But, like, if you can move him and then break your guy that you want to pair Duran, they have on the fucking on the postseason roster, which I'm like, don't even get me started on that shit. If you can get him in center field and put Kiki in second, and then you move Schwarber to left, and then Verdugo to right, maybe because like Hunter wasn't supposed to play every day either. He he got he caught fire. Hunter wasn't supposed to play every day. Hunter was caught fire. That's why I was like, oh, okay, this guy can mash it. And we need him. We need his offense, and we need his offense in the lineup. But yeah, you can put Shortbread left, Duran in right, center, and then Verdugo on right, and then put Kike in second. You know, uh, Bogey at short, Devin's at third, and then you know, or, or then Dow back at first. You know, depending how you want, and then whatever, whatever utility guys you want to bring in. Right, to, right. You tilt now. That figures itself out. Yeah, exactly. So this, to me, that that works. So. If that's the case today, you know, one of the up come June. Okay. You know, do you think about bringing Gita Downs up here too at some point? Do you See that? that? I, I'm happy you brought that up because the plan of Kike Hernandez coming in here and playing second baseman was, was for him to play there for maybe a year, maybe two years or half a year ne- or half a year this upcoming year. And Jeter Downs would be the, uh, will be the uh, starters. Or will be, that would be his position when he came up because he's the second baseman. That's all he's ever played. He didn't have a good year at AAA. He's not doing great in the Arizona Fall League right now. So I'm not sure how well that plan is going, but he won't be ready for next season. Definitely not. So, you know, I'm not against what you just said. If they if they can move Kike back to second, and then they can manipulate the outfield a little bit, I'd be all for bringing Schwarber back, but I just don't I just don't see that in the cards right now. Yeah, I mean it, it depends on what it would take, I guess. I mean, I don't know where he would have options to sign. I mean, obviously a player that's that talented. He he was, he was coming off a career a year before he got uh, the groin injury or whatever, but I, I to me, I just think that you know, if I'm Heim, you know, if you want someone keeping a continuity, like clearly he fit in with the chemistry, you know, that's big, you know. And I, it's funny, I was just watching like a little bit of a documentary of the old four team before we came on tonight. You know, the team of misfits, if you want to call it, they were super close. Johnny Damon, Manny, Pedro, you know, Shilling, even when he came in, he fought white. They just naturally fit. And those are still some guys that were there from, you know, previous heartbreak. So they were there in 98 against Cleveland. They was there in 99 against New York. They was there in 03, you know. So they had already been through the heartbreak together. So th- there's something to be said about letting a team that had those mishaps, that had those mistakes happen, to build together. And this same team was two games away from the World Series. Two games with fucked up pitching. Like, just add some pitching, bro. You're good. You're gonna hit. That that's not we're not worried about that. That's where I think their focus that's where I think their focus needs to be this offseason against some pitching. Yeah, just I, whether it's the bullpen stuff, like yo, get a fucking closer. Get a closer. This is this this cannot be all all over again when you're you're focusing on guys like Scott Williamson and Mike I'm about to say Mike Tomlin. Mike Timlin. Like you need guys uh that can shut it down, which is why you know they fucked around and got Keith Fogan 04. So what when you're on the clock, Hyde, who are you gonna bring in here to get that get that job done? I like the kid out of out of Milwaukee. He's not the closer, but he can be a closer. So what's his name? Oh, I know he was number seventy one. I think it's I think it's Hater. Is it Hater? Well, that was number seventy one from Milwaukee. Whatever that guy to me could be someone that could bring. He, he had a great run a few years ago. I remember they run to the NFCS as well. So yeah, so 
But like I say, there's a lot of stuff going with the rest of us. I'm, I'm happy that Jay, you know, resigned. And I'm like, I said, he's, he's, he's my guy. You know, I know Bobby's like, man, I'm a Xander guy. Well, I'm like, I, I want the guys to go hit the bombs. And, you know, JD to me is the best, uh, obviously, field header we have in this game, or at least top three. Um, he's phenomenal. And listen, he he quit last year. So when he said he sucked last year, no, he didn't suck last year. He quit. So it was like, oh, I'm not playing. I'm not playing for this bar. I'm not playing for this bar. I'm going to fuck Ron. And I, I don't blame him. Like 60 games, like, I'm, yeah, I, I'll win. He was okay. We got my guy back. You know, I'm going to show out. And that's what he did. So he'll show it again next year. He'll, he'll get close to 30 home runs and 100 runs batted in and hit 290 or 300, depending on, you know, the little stuff that he has. Because we know that he gets hot later on in the year. He kind of, he starts off cold. But yeah, they, they, you're right. They have a lot of questions. And I was super emotional. Um, you know, you and I had a nice little group back and forth on Twitter when I was like, get rid of everybody. And you sent the gym saying, you know, I'll stop the shit out of you type thing. And that's fine. I was emotional. I was pissed off. Like, I, just, I couldn't believe how some things unfolded. But at the end of the day, this is still a really good team. And, you know, they, they should still be in contention next year and not having to blow up too many things in order for that to happen. So any, any final words from get out of here? No, I think we filled in everything. I think, uh, I think the A team filled in quite well while everyone else on the show was busy. Talking to you guys. Bob having a baby. Oh, good excuse, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, Bobby. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Congrats, brother. We love you. He made a baby. Yes, made a baby. So love, love to see a new newest member of the MTP uh show. So we got we got a new member. So that that's awesome. We got gotta get the one you gotta get the baby onesie on the way. We gotta get that on there too. We have baby onesie. <laughs> check the merch link in the check the merch link in the uh, description and we'll get the get all that fell. That's right. So all right, so that's so for Greg Delisandro, I'm Rich Beginning. So we'll see you next time. Peace. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, The Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, The Interviews. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.